Welcome to the Vocational Education Podcast. Here's your host, Dr. Dan. Hi, everyone. Well, it's been a very busy week here in the vet industry in uh, Queensland, especially with TAFE Queensland granted another seven-year license on their re-registration as a vet provider. And we've also seen the release of the Australian Skills Quality Authority Annual Report for 2018-19. For more information on these events and others, I do encourage you through LinkedIn to join the Vet PD Group, Vet Space PD Space Group. Our friend Michelle Charlton is the contributor and uh, and runner of that particular group. It does pull together some very interesting information from the vet industry in a very timely manner. So I do encourage you to have a look at that. From time to time, I'll also just reach in there and grab a, a decent article out of there and, and expand upon it from my point of view as well. Today, we're talking with Matthew Dale. Now, if you've ever thought about micro-credentialing and micro-learning, or if you've never thought about it and you thought, what the hell is it? Well, Matthew's here to talk about it today with his new venture from a very knowledgeable base, I must say. It was a pleasure to talk to Matthew uh, the other week, and I'm glad to present his interview with me today. So enjoy the discussion, and we'll have Matthew's contact details at the end. So without any further ado, here is Matthew Dale. Well, hi, everyone. I'm here with Matthew Dale. Now, Matthew, you've just founded a new organisation. Tell us about the purpose of that and how that impacts, or you believe it's going to impact, the uh, vet industry, especially in Australia. Absolutely. Thanks so much. Yes, so the uh, new education that I've founded is Edgeconomy. Uh, many in this sector will know me from the work that I've been doing with Audit Express uh, for the last five years. Edgeconomy is going to be working primarily in the space of edtech, and we will be continuing our work working on learning management systems, student management systems, and supporting providers to expand in the space of micro-learning and micro-credentialing, and then to also start positioning themselves as leaders in that space. I really see Australia as being in a competitive position globally, as being able to take a lead. So tell me, what, what is micro-credentialing and what is micro-learning? What's the difference between the two, and, and just what are they? This is a very good question. Uh, Currently, there's no definition. I'll give you my definition, then I might share with you what a few providers are doing in this space and what some of the other countries around the world are doing. So from my point of view, micro-learning is small chunks of learning that are broken down. Uh, that's where the learning piece takes place. And the micro-credentialing, uh, well, if you go back to the derivative of that word credential, it is recognition of the learning that's already been undertaken and the skills that have already been acquired. A little bit like RPL, although it may or may not be linked to accredited training. So it may be accredited, it may be non-accredited. Uh, and in the non-accredited space, that might be more like soft skills. So in, the, in terms of non-accredited, when it comes to credentialing, how is that, do you think, how is that going to be monitored uh, nationally if it's not a part of an existing VET system? Absolutely. So the AQF review is due out in November. I, I, I expect that there will be some definition given. However, the current position of government and current position of policy is that the AQF doesn't really talk to that. So if you were to talk to the Federal Department of Education current position is that skill sets are the current forum or the current avenue for micro-credentials uh, and you only need to look at training packages to know that emerging uh, industries, uh, innovative industries such as automation, 
artificial intelligence, blockchain, cryptocurrency, a lot of these areas where jobs are being created, there is no training package. Even in the area of social media, a space that moves so rapidly, there are no units of competency that specifically deliver the needs. Even in your business, I know in mine, if I need to train up my staff in our CRM or in Xero or QuickBooks or Myob, there is no unit of competency. Well, that's not true. There are units of competency, but it's probably the last place that you would go if you wanted to learn how to use Xero. So the questions that come up are, does government have a role to play? I think so. I think state governments around the country want to fund training that leads to productivity and fund training that industry needs. Um, but there are serious questions around what quality will look like in the space of the learning and the assessment or the credentialing. You mentioned blockchain just then. Now, I've seen blockchain as a method of recording uh, assessment outcomes. Do you see that as a potential way forward for ensuring that the micro-credentialing that's done for an individual can follow them around? In other words, yeah. like, like a national competency on the, with the USI, however, it's now in blockchain, so it's now in, it, it can't be altered, so to speak. Yeah, absolutely. So a lot of this started with uh, Mozilla, uh, Firefox Mozilla, the... Uh the web browser that many of your listeners may use, and uh, they established a badging system and uh, they put a framework around it. And it's a little bit like the AQF. If you look at a qualification that's been issued under the AQF, there are key fields that can be identified. You've got the RTO logo, the RTO name, the qualification code, title, etc. The same things exist in a digital badge. There are criteria that are measurable uh, and instead of it sitting on your student management system, it sits in the cloud, in the blockchain, and it is forever traceable and it is recognizable in many contexts. So absolutely. Um, but the, the real opportunity is through using platforms like Badger or Credly and looking at how student management systems within the VET sector and within the higher ed sector as well may be able to issue badges uh, for units of competency or credentials along the way that can then be shared. They're portable. They can be shared on LinkedIn. Uh, they can be used as credit internationally. And uh, jumping back over to the micro-credentials, if you look at the Deakin Co model, which is part of Deakin University, they've actually mapped their credentials to the qualification frameworks of many countries around the world. So UK, Europe, America, New Zealand, etc. So you can take a Deakin Co credential and put that towards a certificate or a master's degree in almost any university in the world. So there's, there's three levels potentially then of where this is going to be driven. One's industry. And you've Absolutely. got, uh, for instance, the mining industry in WA is really pushing um, their own credentialing, even though they're trying to nationally accredit it through TAFE over there. It's really been pushed by the industry. Then you've got academia, so the universities. And then potentially you've got training organisations themselves. Who's going to win? Who's going to win? Look, I think in each of those areas, first to market will dominate. Mm. Uh, and that's with all service providers, if you're, if you're a... If you're a, a student management system or if you are a provider that's going to be delivering uh, first to market will dominate that's usually how these things work uh, but it's a little bit early to tell and I think there are other risks that are sort of underlying and that is that there are plenty of providers out there already that are not registered training organizations that are already delivering courses in this space if you look at Coursera if you look at Linda which uh, micro is owned by LinkedIn Microsoft. owned by Microsoft uh, Udacity, I mean, like Coursera alone has 37 million enrollments. That's active enrollments mm. across the world. That's a huge number. Yeah. And a lot of the training that we once would have done by going to a night class or, you know, going to do a, a short two or three hour course, 
uh, in the evening is now done online and it's also done free of charge. Yes. This is a, an absolute risk for training organisations and universities across Australia. Who don't get involved with that. And, and so the one I didn't mention out of those three, potentially the fourth one, is then government. Yes. State or federal. Um, God, how can they get involved? Or, or can they? Well, I think they're, they're already interested, I, I would have thought. There's already some good, solid discussions underway, okay. and I, I think it'll be a race to see who does it first. Hopefully the AQF delivers uh, a piece of gold, but if not, you might see that Queensland or Victoria really take the lead in terms of funding it at a state level. Well, well Victoria calls itself the education state, so... <laughs> well, it, it would seem pretty fitting. Maybe them. <laughs> it might be Queensland. They've got more ITOs in Queensland. So it'll be interesting to see who takes that flag and runs with it. But uh, I think it was even mentioned in one of the speeches that Velg... Uh, in their morning plenary, uh, that micro-learning or micro-credentialing is definitely a way forward and even the, the regulator is wondering how they are going to approach that. So it's such, I love the fact that it's uh, such a leading edge uh, way to educate people um, and yet at the same time it's, it's common sense. It's like what we would have done potentially in the old days without credentials. We just wanted to learn something new. Our master came over taught us how to do it and we went and became the, the master ourselves eventually after thousands of hours. Absolutely and you know it raises a real question around the workforce so what we used to do you know circa TAE, uh, TAA 04 uh, or even a little bit earlier perhaps BS said mm. in those courses we were able to write a competency and I, I do feel that that's a bit of a lost art so that's probably a question for you mm. a well-established and respected author in this space do you think that there are challenges and risks in the workforce do you think that the current vet workforce would be able to um, identify a training need if there wasn't a unit of competency and to be able to write up that oh that's a good that's a good question I don't think the with the turnaround time in creating something it will have to be created in a different format. It, it couldn't be a printed textbook with the lead times and the requirements around that. It would need to be more an, uh, an e-learning product or um, at very least uh, a PDF style. Sure. It'd have to be responsive, but yeah, pretty quick. Yeah, exactly. And, and editable. So as soon as things change, like with social media, changes to the usage policies uh, occur, whether it's Twitter or, or whoever, and we've got to be respondent to that. And that's where a textbook sadly fails however is there may be a role for the textbooks to underpin the knowledge underneath it so that so that the the main data or the main information and then just have uh, some sort of branches off to e-learning modules from that which could in effect be micro learning modules themselves so here's a textbook that uh, says this is a skill this is something that uh, people in this industry need or this industry or it could be across multiple industries and then we've got a little micro um, learning opportunities off that which could possibly be electronic, will probably be electronic. Um, and then of course the, the, the method of delivery as well, is it going to be tablet or is it going to be face to face, is it going to be what? You know? So uh, the mining industry actually strangely enough is, is, uh, is very technologically advanced in this area and they do do, and I brought them up once already, but um, they, they do do a lot of micro-credentialing on site based on tablet um, uh, assessments of their, what they call their verification of competency before they get on site. So there's things like that happening now. But again, industry-driven. We'd love to see it more broad. So, on that note, um, thank you so much, Matthew, for joining me today. And uh, we hope to get uh, a lot more information about micro-learning and micro-credentialing as time goes forward. Any last thoughts on not just that product, but maybe just the vet sector in general, where you might see it going, and then we'll, uh, we'll sign off for the day. 
for sure. I think the current NCVR data tells the story. Since 2012, the current data will tell you from 2015, but you only need to look at the last sort of three-year snapshot on that. Since 2012, we've seen a steady and consistent decline in enrollment, participation, and satisfaction of employers. We've also seen in the last three years an absolute rise in non-accredited training, which I find most fascinating. To name the elephant in the room, this whole term of micro-learning and micro-credentialing, it's not really a new phenomena. It's a new buzzword at best. We've already been doing it, we've always been doing it, but with the amount of drop-off that we've seen, with the drop-off in, in government funding and the drop-off of accredited enrolments, we've really got to start asking some very serious questions as a sector. Uh, how are we going to go about formally recognising what's already taking place or we run the risk of having a deregulated or unregulated industry which is already operating, expanding and taking control of the market. So I, that's probably the real challenge. But um, I'll give myself a shameless plug if it's okay. If there's any organisations that are trying to navigate their way through the space um, and whether it's trying to find a way to embed micro-learning or micro-credentials into your organisation or you're needing an education technology solution, uh, we are very well connected in this space with a lot of the providers and platforms that are out there and that's a lot of the work that we're really doing in terms of providing that concierge service and helping providers to navigate their way through to make the right decision to find the right platform for your organisation. Fantastic. Well, thank you so much for your time, Matthew, and I look forward to catching up to see what happens with this whole space uh, over the coming months. Cheers, mate. Thank you. Well, I think it's going to be interesting to see what happens over coming months and years as the concept of micro-learning and micro-credentialing gains traction, especially within the vocational sector. Well, don't forget to subscribe to the podcast to get all the latest from a myriad of excellent speakers, thought leaders, and just interesting people in the vet sector. Until next time, this has been Dan Hill and the Vocational Education Podcast. Have a great day.